This After Dark podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Hi, Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys here, proud sponsor of the Universal After Dark podcast. How would you like to be among some of the first guests to stay at Universal's new property, the Aventura Hotel? Aventura opens this August and is another great option to consider when staying at Universal. You can get early entry benefits, transportation to and from all the parks, and have views of any of the three parks. At the end of a long day, have a drink in style on the new rooftop bar. Book a four-night stay with me to get 20% off your stay with rates as low as $116 per night along with a $50 food and drink credit. You must book by June 15th and travel dates are August 16th through December 20th. Mention this ad to stack your savings and get $25 off your deposit. Find me at WPMagicJourneys.com or any social media at WPMagicJourneys. Universal After Dark, a Universal podcast that's not the same as all the others. Hi and welcome to this week's Universal After Dark. I'm back. It's me, your host as usual, Amanda. And I'm still kind of feeling a little bit jet-lagged even though I've been back for about two weeks now. But I'm excited to be back and I can't wait to talk about Fast and Furious and then we're going to get into some questions. So... I am joined today by my super special, lovely co-hosts, Nick. Hello. And Chris. Good evening. Hi, guys. I've missed you so much. Oh, likewise. (laughs) I feel like I haven't recorded a podcast for about two or three months, and has it actually been that long? Uh, You know what? I I dream of not recording a podcast for two or three months. (laughs) At this no, moment, you don't. You love it. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be like at Lee Mallaby's best Christmas ever. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure when we last had you on. It was obviously pre pre your trip, but it was definitely pre trip, and it was definitely pre Ash having her baby, which she's had the baby yeah. now, by the way. In case you guys didn't know, <laughs> so she had a beautiful baby boy. And his name is Rain, and he is the cutest, cutest, cutest little thing that I've ever seen in my whole entire life. And we were so lucky because she had him the day before I was going to be leaving. Oh, so that's good timing. Whole day with him, and I was like, "Thank God!" And he's just adorable. What would have happened had she been late? Well, she was already late, wasn't she? <laughs> she was. Yeah, she was already two weeks late. So we were so nervous like ridiculously nervous and I thought I was going to have one of those you know you know all those episodes of Friends where they're on the plane I thought it was going to be like there's something wrong with the leper Angie 
because I don't actually know what I would have done. I would have had to have been FaceTime in there from the hospital bed. I, d- I actually don't know what I would have done. It would have been very, very dramatic, dramatic times. But thankfully, we didn't have to go that far. She had him the day before. He's beautiful, and I can't wait to take him to Florida. Well, congratulations, well Dons. Thanks. I feel like I'm such a grown-up being an auntie. <laughs> but I think that was around like the last time that I recorded the podcast was maybe a week before that so it has been a long time and I've got so much that I need to catch up on with everybody but first we have to start the show like we always do with what we're drinking so Nick I'm going to come to you first oh thank god because we were chatting a little bit before we hit the record button and I've been sat with this beer in front of me the whole time thinking I could really do with opening it but didn't want to miss it so um, I've got a uh, Samuel Adams Boston Lager. Oh. Because I've, I've bought, um, and um, this is where we we bring a bit, oh God, it's it's just foamed everywhere. Apologies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <I've> just, <laughs> this is where we, we kind of um, put let you in behind the curtain of what goes on. Um, I just bought a, um, a crate of Budweiser. At, from Asda, other supermarkets are available, so I could get the red blinky cup. Yes. So I've got a whole crate of Bud, Budweiser waiting to go, but I've got to finish off the beer that I had first. So, yeah, that's why I've got a Sam Adams. You know, I was convinced that you. Well, I don't think you actually did say where it where the beer was, where the Budweiser was with the blinky cup. I don't mm. think you actually mm. said where it was. Um, but I was convinced that it was at Tesco. <gasps> so I drove to Tesco and I was like, going to get my blinky cup, going to get my special aluminium bottles. It's going to be majestic. Walked into Tesco and it was just all plain. And I was like, um, excuse you, where are your blinky cups? And she was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, mm, you're lying. <laughs> and then I went through the messages and I could see from the prices, from the price tags, that it was not actually Tesco. <laughs> is, this is how sad my life has become. Is that if you just sent me a picture of the shelf, I could probably determine what supermarket that was. <laughs> like I'm, I'm 35 <laughs> years old in, in like a month or so, and that is what my life has become now. Where did it all go wrong? Well, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. Okay, Chris, make us feel young. What are you drinking? Well. I couldn't wait, so I already opened my can of Bud Light. Dilly dilly. Ah, oh, dilly dilly. And mm. um, because I didn't say it earlier, um, congratulations to Ash. Well done. Yeah, congrats, Ash. You know, the, the night before I was flying, I was like, you haven't had a beer for nine months, and also I'm going away, so you have to just have a little tiny bit of my beer. <laughs> and she had a little tiny bit. I was like, woo, girl, you drank. It was pretty funny. But I am drinking, of course, Budweiser. Not in a fancy aluminium bottle. In a plain, regular old glass bottle. They are and I didn't a bit bigger, that though. I opened it. Um, well, what the aluminium ones are? Yeah, they're 475s, I think. Oh, well, this is just a plain old 300 glass one. Mm. And so I'm disappointed, really, but I'm going to make a trip to Asda so I can try and get a blinky bar so I can. Mm. So, well, whilst Asda's still around, it doesn't become part of Sainsbury's. Uh, what? Yeah, 
Is that a thing? Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, what they're what have I missed? I know, you've been away for like, what, 10 days and the whole world has changed. Yeah, Sainsbury's and, and, Sainsbury's and Asda are, are in talks to merge. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. what will that mean for all of our American imported goods? Um, nothing. I don't think it'll make any difference, to be honest. I just, okay. Yeah, I just think it's just mar- market share. I don't know. That's that's beyond my pay grade. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the way that we're going to do the show is Luke was originally going to come onto the show, but he can't make it now. So rather than me going through my trip report without him I'm going to wait because Luke spent pretty much the entire time with me and I'd love to share both mine and Luke's takes from our little holiday while we're together so instead I'm going to talk a little bit about Fast and Furious and then we've got a whole bunch of questions uh, some about my trip and some just about general universal things for the whole group that we'll go through so Fast and Furious I, right, where do I start? (laughs) I would recommend the beginning. Okay, right, so, basically, I have seen the Hollywood Tram Tour multiple times on YouTube, not in real life, although I wish that I had. Actually, Um, start, start even earlier than that, right? What, how does the Fast and Furious franchise fit in with your life? Right, it doesn't, really. However, those that have listened for a while will know that my boyfriend imports Japanese cars for his business, that's what he does. So he is super, super into cars, all kinds of cars, and loves Fast and Furious. So I have seen the majority of Fast and Furious films in in the background. Like, never really been into them, but and I know the story. So, I'm not a super fan of the film. I don't hate the films, but it's just not my favourite kind of franchise. Sure. So, when it was announced, and a lot of people were kind of like, oh, God, Fast and Furious, but then all the Fast and Furious fanboys like, oh, my God, yes. I was just in the middle, like, it's going to be a new ride. It's going to be a new experience. I am just happy that we're getting something new. So, I'm... I'm on the fence. So, having seen the tram tour, I've never really taken much interest in the Fast and Furious bit of it. I kind mm-hmm. of would just mm-hmm. skip along, and because I just wanted to see the Jaws bits really, and the and the sets, the like the the Wisteria Lane and the um, the Grinch stuff. So I'd just kind of skip through the Fast and Furious and the Kong bits. So that's why I hadn't even seen like taken much interest in the Kong stuff before we got Kong in Orlando. Okay. So yeah. having not taken much interest in it, I didn't then go back and watch it before going and experiencing the one in Orlando. So I didn't really know what I was expecting other than people saying, you know, it's the one from Hollywood. So I was like, okay. So... On our first day in Orlando, which was the first day of my birthday weekend, they had said that there were going to potentially be soft openings that day, but that cast previews were still happening until late in the afternoon, so they weren't sure. So, 
later on in the afternoon, um, a couple of my friends messaged me saying, okay, they're going to start doing the openings now, so you need to come back from Ireland and come come over. Sorry, I accidentally put myself on mute then. <laughs> oh, I don't well. even know how I just did that. <laughs> Suspense. I know. Like, and that's it. That's everything. I didn't go on it. Um, <laughs> no. So, we walked up to Fast and Furious, and all outside of the, the ride is all of these return time machines. And I still am not 100% sure how they're going to work. Because they weren't in operation for soft openings. Why I imagined in the beginning where it was that it was going to be something like Fallon, but when I actually went through the queue, I don't actually know how it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Because you basically are just snaking through a a warehouse with cars in it. So, unsure. But the whole of the queue sets are pretty cool if if you like cars and you know i'm not a massive car fan but i can appreciate them it was cool to see all of that stuff and it was cool to see things like all the easter eggs that are in the queue like little beetlejuice plushy um not plushy like a little beetlejuice toy um a disaster t-shirt so it's cool to see things like that but then we got to the pre-shows and I'm not the biggest fan of pre-shows anyway. I think maybe the first time that you ever do them, they're pretty cool. But sometimes I just want to ride Men in Black without without having to sit in that room, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think... I know what you mean. I, th- I think sometimes, especially on a ride that you've gone on a lot, you know, like Men in Black, I mean, you know, you probably lost count of how many times you've done that attraction. But... A pre-show is always good, like, the first couple of times you do it. I don't know any pre-show for any attraction anywhere that at some point I haven't thought I'd like to skip this. Even something like the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Yeah. And so we got to the first pre-show and I'm like, okay, like, this is this is a little bit drawn out. But then we got to the second pre-show room and I was like how many pre-shows are there going to be? And it seemed kind of like it was defeating the object of having a queueless system Mm. because we'd still queued to get into one pre-show and then we'd queued to get into the second pre-show and I'm like, okay. So basically, the new rule is the more pre-shows that an attraction has, the shitter it is. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. But then I feel like... It, like I don't want to be negative about the ride because I feel like there's enough of that out there. But I feel like you can't just throw two pre-shows out there and say that that makes it queueless. I don't get this right. Now, I'm obviously lucky to be in a position where I can talk about my experience of, of going on Jimmy Fallon. Right? You know, quite often, you know, on, on these podcasts where I hadn't been for a long time... It was hard for me to... I couldn't talk about my experience because I didn't have one. I'd have to talk about what I'd seen or what I'd heard from other people. But I experienced Fallon. And when that was described as a queueless system, I was obviously quite intrigued. But I don't think it is a queueless system. 
Because all you're no. doing is rather than sta- standing in a line, you're standing in a room. Mm-hmm. You're still you're still waiting, and queuing is waiting. Mm-hmm. It's just rather than do it in a straight line or through barriers or whatever, you're just queuing in a room instead. Exactly. But this is you're queuing around a warehouse. And there's cool things to look at, but that doesn't make it queueless. There's cool things to look at in the Twister queue. There's cool things to look at in the Men in Black queue. There's cool things to look at in the Mummy queue. It was the same kind of thing. I'm still queuing, but I'm just looking at cool stuff while I'm queuing. So that bit, I I just don't understand how the queueless return time system is going to work. But I'm sure that I'll find that out in September. And I'm sure that by that time, people that are listening right now would have already experienced it after soft openings and they'll be able to tell us exactly how it's going to work. So if you've experienced it outside of soft openings, you've experienced the return time, well, let us know how it works because I am genuinely intrigued. So we go through the pre-shows, we finish the second pre-show and we're queuing a little bit again to to load onto the party bus. Now, the party bus was awesome. Like, I'm always down for a party bus. It looked cool. It was playing loud music. There was lights flashing. And I was like, yes, this is going to be so cool. So we load on. And it's the same kind of vehicle as Kong. However, there's big signs everywhere that tell you that there's straps next to you that you can hold on to because it's going to be bumpy and it's going to be a lot of movements. And there was an awful lot more movement in this than Kong, which you'd expect because it's Fast and Furious. But then when you look out the side of the party bus window, there is, I don't know how to pronounce it, but I messaged messaged you guys about it. Um, Window. no, <laughs> window. Um, is it Embarcadero or Embarcadero? Um, it's in San Francisco anyway, basically. And there was a sign for that in the subway section of the earthquake ride. Right. And so that sign was on the wall, not the specific sign that was in earthquake, but a sign, obviously saying that bit, mm-hmm. um, was on the wall of the set when you're loading onto the party bus. And I was like. Honestly, I'm really hoping here that, because I haven't seen it yet, I'm hoping that we've got some practical effects, like what was an earthquake. So things like maybe um, what I'm imagining in my head is trucks coming down from the ceiling like an earthquake, or maybe some kind of cool water effects or something along that kind of lines, because I'm thinking, surely this can't just be all screen, because this set that we're in right now is fantastic like it was really really that warehouse is made so well and everything that you look at looks super cool so i'm thinking if they put all this much effort in surely we're going to see some cool practical effects and it's going to be awesome so we start to move and ludicrous comes on the screen and i don't really remember what he was saying but there's something about a witness being on the bus 
and I needed to protect this witness. So I'm like, oh my god, it's going to be like Star Tours, mm. and there's going to be like a rebel spy on this bus, and they're going to take a picture of someone. So I'm like, yes, I'm so ready to be the witness, ready for them to take my picture. Slapping your lippy on. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> does my hair look good? I'm so excited. No, that doesn't happen. So I feel like that was a missed opportunity because that could have been a cool little bit of audience participation. And it's old technology. Like, you know, there's quite a few... Well, not quite a few, but, you know, Star Tours does it. Uh, the, the Monsters, Inc. Laugh Law does it. It's not like it's really new technology. It's probably quite an easy system to operate, really. Exactly. And I'm thinking, you know, like, it, it can't. it can't be... It just can't be what people are saying it is. It just can't be. Mm. So I'm looking for things that it could potentially be. But that doesn't happen. So we start leaving, and there's some super cool cars in the actual ride bit. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be like... um, What's the what's the cars, the cars ride called in California? Oh, uh, Radiator Springs. Springs, yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, it's going to be like that. So we're going to be in this party bus, and then all these real, real cars are going to be moving alongside of us. And that whole set design, too, was super awesome. So I'm looking at all of this warehouse design, and I'm like, this is incredible. They've put so much cool work into this, and it's awesome. And I really hope one day that this ride stops and I have to get evacuated from it so I can walk through the set because it's so cool. So then... We come out of that bit and we go to a screen, which is the same effect as what they used in Disaster, where they had the Frank and Cade. Um, I don't know what it's called, but it's where they basically they have a set, but they project a video onto the set. Yeah, it's what they. It's also kind of what they do with uh, Rock and Roller Coaster, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. they do they do the same thing in um, Gringotts. Yeah, yes. With the yeah. pre-show room in, the, in Gringotts. So I'm like, this is, like, the set behind the video is cool, but I kind of recognise this video a little bit from Hollywood, the Hollywood version. But then we leave that room and we just go to pure video. So then I'm like, this is just all screen, and the problem with all screen and being five foot tall is that even though I'm sat down, I'm much smaller than everyone that's sat around me. So the screen goes completely around you, but you can only see so much of it. So and you, so much... you need either a periscope or a booster seat. Yeah, pretty much. But then stuff's going on in front of you, stuff's going on to your left. But then you, like I sat on the very far right-hand side, so I was on the end. So I can't see anything that's happening on the left-hand side of me because people's heads are all in the way. So I have no idea what happened there other than James telling me that Vin Diesel was somehow the same size as a helicopter. <laughs> like, I have no idea what happened there. Um, Maybe he transformed into one. Like, think of um, I mean, he could have. Michael Jackson in, in Moonwalker when he turned into like that giant robot and stuff. Maybe Vin Diesel just went like, go, go, Vin Diesel powers and turned into a, a diesel-powered helicopter. Maybe he did, but I'll never know because I couldn't see it. So, <laughs> but to the the pump and all this fog out, and the fog effects are cool, and the party bus is moving all around all crazy, and it's jumping all up and down, and 
it's obviously speeding along. But then I guess is when that's when it moved onto the. All that I could describe it as is like a um, a treadmill type of thing, is what I imagine it to be. <laughs> so we're not moving anywhere, but it wants us to feel like we're moving, and so we stayed in that room for the majority of the rides. Then, um, and again, I can't see anything that's happening on the left hand side of me. Gaston from Beauty and the Beast is shooting things at us. I don't know what his name is in the films. I just know he's Gaston. Um, but everything just happened so quickly after that that I have no idea where the story went. Right. Let me... As a, as a fan of the of the film franchise, right, and not a massive... I, mean, I, I like it a lot. It's a guilty pleasure of mine, right? Um, what I think has been incredibly misleading with this whole thing is when they announced it and please pick me up if I'm wrong but I'm sure when they announced that this was coming to Universal Orlando and they were showing like you know behind the scenes videos and stuff like that and kind of like hype videos I'm sure they showed some video of them recording on the green screen sets uh, like the, the film that they were making for this right? Yeah, they did. That happened. Now, the thing is, it. I mean, I don't know if anyone's officially confirmed it. I'm sure they must have done by now. But the Hollywood footage is exactly the same as the Orlando footage. And it's the- exactly the same to the to the point of there's a scene where Gaston is stood on top of a, a truck and he is shouting at you for some reason. I don't remember what he's shouting at you for. But you're in the Universal parking lot, but the Universal that you're par- parking lot that you're in is not Orlando's; it's Hollywood. Hollywood. So, oh. so the thing is, right, and that leads me to the, the next problem. Now, Chris, you've done this at Hollywood, didn't you? Yeah, sadly, yes. And when can you remember Twice. what year you did it in Hollywood? Uh, uh, hang on, I've got it written down here somewhere. Actually, I sound very prepared, but I was just going through some old stuff. Um, <laughs> Uh, 2014 and I did it in 2015 as well okay so you did it in 2014 now I can't remember what year the films come out right but I think I think Fast 7 or Furious 7 or whatever it was called came out in 2015 now I can't remember what I know he's I know the character's name is uh, Luke Evans's character's name is Shaw that's a surname because in the next film, in like in Furious Seven, Jason Statham played his brother, okay. um, who, who was Deckard Shaw, Shaw right? Um, but I can't remember what his character's first name was, but it doesn't matter. The fact is, he was the villain in Fast and Furious Six. But now we're on. We, we've just had Fast and Furious Eight, okay. and in Fast and Furious Eight they kind of get on the good side like him and um, Jason Statham hmm so they've just opened a ride with the villain from Fast and Furious 6 who in Fast and Furious 9 will probably be on the good guys team (laughs) (laughs) now you know like I know it's a ride and everything like that I know it can't always be up to date but you've taken a film which you probably filmed somewhere between somewhere around 2013 and 2014 
and it's now mm-hmm. ridiculously out of date. I'm sure, it, like, after the filming of the last Fast and Furious film, they could have just paid him for another week's work to do some more green screen bits and just change yeah. some of the footage. Do you know what I mean? And that's that's what I assumed was going to be. So when, when honestly, when people were being so down on it and they're like, it's just going to be the same as Hollywood, I was like, oh, stop being so neggy. Like, no, it's not. Like, they're obviously going to add some different things to it. And then since since I've came back, by the way, I've gone back and watched the Hollywood Tram Tour in depth so I could see. And it is it is the same. It's exactly the same. And a spoiler alert to people that um, haven't seen it. Um, and I think Amanda can confirm this. Vin Diesel, unfortunately, doesn't turn into a helicopter. He just hangs off the bottom of one. Yeah. yeah. That is, that is oh. true. I remember in all this now. <laughs> that just nightmares. made me disappointed because I was like, now, like now that I've seen it without people's heads being in the way, it's not as it's not as crazy cool as what James was making out it was. I think he was Boy. sparing your blushes, to be honest. <laughs> Probably, but so like the I loved the warehouse. I loved the party bus. I loved the real set. I thought that was all so, so cool. It was just the actual ride. And and you know what? I'm never down on screens. Like, I never, ever am one to complain about screens because I loved Back to the Future. I loved Jimmy Fallon. As much as people, you know, rag on Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Fallon's my celebrity crush, and I absolutely love him. I love everything about him, and I love The Tonight Show, and I love the Jimmy Fallon ride. I love screens, in the right done in the right way mm. and i feel like so much there's so much missed opportunity in this that it just made me sad because i was thinking we've got rid of earthquake which was all practical mm. and incredible and that i would have i couldn't visit universal without experiencing earthquake and there's there's many things i can visit universal without experiencing because i know i'm gonna do it next time i'm there but i would never ever ever go to universal without going on earthquake because i loved the practical effects in it mm. and i just feel like they know how to do it and they do it so well but something's just stopping them from doing it and it's this freaking screen i i completely agree right I, i'm one of those people that you know in, in, i know it's a different part but disneyland paris um have the tram tour and they have the same catastrophe canyon scene they used to have in Hollywood Studios on the tram tour. Mm-hmm. You know, where like the, the, the oil truck uh, blows up and the water comes down and, you know, all that kind of jazz. Um, and the thing is, like that, that tram tour needs to go. It does need to go and it will be going. But I will be sad because that is going. That particular scene yeah. is going. And... When they when they repurpose Earthquake as disaster, um, I wasn't over the moon, but at least the ride was the same. You know, the storyline was was slightly different, and I suppose as well, like Earthquake wasn't a massive franchise, or it wasn't a, a well remembered film like things like King Kong or Jaws were. So I get why they could kind of lose the theming, but the, but. The main thing was the ride itself, and it was showing you a bit of movie magic. That that was the thing. Like Twisted did the same. It was showing you a bit of what they can create and how they can create that effect. Mhm. And and it's I gone. Agree. 
And that's that's what I just want to see more of. Like, I don't care what IP you're going to bring, if, whether I'm a fan of it or not. I'm like, I'm clearly not the biggest Fast and Furious fan, but I'm all I'm I'm there for the practical effects that you're going to do because I want to see the stuff that I know that you're good at doing. Like, I look Gringotts is one of my favorite rides, and that's a lot of screen, but it's done in the right way, and it's a fantastic ride, and that's kind of what I was hoping for with this. The thing is, like, I know a lot of people rag on Kong, and Kong, in the same way that Fast and Furious is is its, its thing, these are things that were part of the Hollywood tram tour, right? So mm-hmm. they've they've kind of adapted it. Now, we, now with Kong, they've they've changed it a bit. They've made it a bit longer, um, and you've got that animatronic of Kong at the end, right? Mm-hmm. Which is never going to replace the original, but for someone who was obsessed with that. Uh, and wanted to go on that ride so much as a kid, it's the newest I'm ever going to get to it, so I'll take it. But the thing with that 3D in that Kong attraction is that when you're looking out into those, like the jungle scenes, it looks like it goes on forever. It's really, really well done. Now, <laughs> Fast and Furious in Hollywood is 3D, but they've taken that away for this new version. But strangely, there was signs everywhere in the queue kind of alluding to you wearing eyewear. Interesting. So, so maybe they've changed their, like, changed their mind. It it looked to me like 3D was always the way they were going to go and then they removed it at the last minute. Which is unsurprising because it's hard, it was honestly hard enough to see what was going on so you would have added 3D glasses and they're always dark mm. adding that into the mix as well it just wouldn't have been a good time but on on the subject of Kong like the whole beginning of Kong like going through the, the gates and then you've got the, the giant gorilla skeleton and the bats and even the queue the queue with the with the witch woman and then you've got all of the the huge skeletons everywhere the scare actor in the queue it's all done so amazingly well and all of like you, you know what i'm like like i love i love seeing sets i love seeing anything that people have made mm. i love seeing even even hearing people talking about how they've designed it like i just i'm so I'm so in love with anything like that, but then it gets onto the screen bit, and then that's where I kind of lose interest a little bit, and then the Kong animatronic comes, and I'm like, yes, this is amazing again. Mm. And I just thought maybe they would have learned a little bit from that and done more practical, because the practical stuff that they did do was so cool. And it was just a shame. See, Seth Kaberski is often at these media events, and he's been doing... Um, he used to do his own Universal Studios um, tour guide, um, a guidebook, sorry, and um, which he I don't know if he self-published it or if he if he did what, but he used to do this like years ago before he was with the unofficial guides. So Seth is like a, a you know, he's an all-out Universal lover, geek. Um, you know, he, he's. You know, he's paid to be, you know, a massive fan for Universal. And he's always very, very positive about Universal. However, did you read his article about this Furious ride? Uh, I only, I started reading it and didn't finish it. Not because I was disgusted. 
um, I got sidetracked and I meant to go back and, and I didn't, unfortunately. Well, it was pretty damning, wasn't it? <laughs> what I saw of it that was definitely, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, for Seth to come out and be that critical of this attraction, so I think it, I think his words were something along the lines of, this is the biggest mistake Universal have made in a decade. You know, that's pretty... I mean, that's pretty harsh from someone that's a huge Universal fan. I mean, so, the thing is, like, the I thing think is, like, Amanda said, Amanda said right at the thing, right. at like, the beginning of this, that she didn't want to kind of be too negative on it because there's a lot of not negativity out there already for it. But at the same time, I, there's obviously reason for that, Amanda. Yeah. So, even though I don't want to be negative about it, I just, more than anything, I just feel disappointed in that I know that there's so much cool stuff that could have been done. And I just, I don't know what the reason is. I don't know whether it's Comcast saying, you're not having that budget for this, so you can't do it. Because I imagine that the creative teams are taking all these amazing ideas to somebody and it just it just hurts me that their potential is not being realised with all the cool stuff that they can do. I, do you know what I think the problem is? I don't think it's a, a lack of um, money or creativity or anything like that. I think it's literally they've got to build something as quickly as they possibly can. And they just don't have the time to develop. So take like Spider-Man, for example. How long did that thing take to build and develop? I have no idea. It, took, oh, it was well into the nineties. They were they were developing that thing. Oh, I mean, that went on Spider-Man, and on for ages. The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I, they were definitely trying it out in nineteen ninety six, which was three years before. Yeah, it was Islands of Adventure opening in ninety nine, didn't it? So about at least three years before the ride actually opened, they were testing that in a warehouse. Or, yeah, no, I mean, it was like a, 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 a um, aircraft hangar. Yeah, an old aircraft hangar. But the, the point is, is I, I just don't think they've got the time to hang about. I just think that they're just throwing money and saying, just just build, go, do, quickly, hurry up. Disney's building other stuff. Maybe. It just it just makes me sad. Like, I just, I just want to see more. Like, it starts off good, it starts off well, and you're like, yes, 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 yes. No. And then, you know, it gets to the end of it, like, Honestly, I don't know what happened in this middle section because it did just happen so quickly. It just escalated so fast and then all of a sudden it, it just ended. And I was sat there like, is that it? Is it done? Because it was over that quickly and you just somehow end up in a, in a, I guess, a shipping container. And then Ludacris comes back on the screen and he's like, the party is here. The party is now, and then you just pull back into the dock, and like, okay, get out now. And I'm like, what? No party? Like, I thought it was gonna be like a minion dance party, like nothing. That's it. Go through the gift shop, and it just constantly seemed like you were getting somewhere, and then no, that's it. And so it it just made me a little bit sad. And I'd, it's not the worst ride that I've ever been on it's not terrible I think everybody should go and experience it 
especially if you like Fast and Furious. Because if you like Fast and Furious and you're a big fan of it, you're gonna there's gonna be parts of it that you're gonna love, and you're gonna love seeing the characters, and you're gonna love seeing all the cars. But personally, I wouldn't. I wasn't in a rush to go back on it. In a non-negative way. The thing Does is, it... sorry, Chris. I was just going to say quickly, does it give more space for Halloween Horror Nights? Um, slightly. I would I wouldn't say a lot. They if they got rid of the cars there, there's a, a, a little bit more space. Yeah, but so maybe as tight. Oh, okay. They couldn't make the scare zone a bit bigger in that area. Like, no, like I wouldn't say they could make the scares any bigger. They could maybe put a prop in that area where the cars are. Yeah. To make it so that it's not as bottlenecked in the in the pathway, but there's no there's no more space around it. No, 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 no. Okay. Nick, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, and we we touched about this. I think it may be one of the episodes that we recorded when you was away. Um, but the the big problem that Universal has at the moment is they just don't have those franchises. You know, like all the big stuff they've got isn't their own. So, like, Transformers isn't their own. Marvel's obviously not their own. Harry Potter's not their own. You know, Fast and the Furious is one of those, and and Fallon, I suppose, are franchises that are under the Universal umbrella that they can do stuff with. And both of them are, are you know, seen as underwhelming. You know, I, I, I like Jimmy I Fallon. Like I didn't Fallon. love it. I didn't love it. But certainly oh, compared yeah. to some people, I thought it was a decent enough ride. Um, but they seem to just be swinging for the fences and they just need to hit a home run they really need to just think of a franchise they can do something with and just, just own it and I think maybe their, their best bet is to dip him back into the archives you know I know I... Jaws is gone right Jaws is never coming back We'd all, we all wish Jaws never went in the first place but it's gone but you know what if they turned around and they rethemed that Fast and Furious attraction to Jaws, and it was all screen based. I'd take it. Yeah. The thing like, is, is you you don't actually need a good um, uh, franchise or IP to make a good attraction. You know, the, the, I mean, I I don't really like Fast and Furious films. I don't really care for them. But if that ride was really you know awesome, I'd I'd ride it every single time I was there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the problem. They just seem to have just like missed it. I mean, what what's ridiculous is that you know miles down the road at Epcot, they've got a ride which is probably more like the Fast and Furious than the Fast and Furious ride. Yeah, in Living with the Land. Um, but... <laughs> tour <laughs> <laughs> yeah. only joking only joking no but you know what i mean like you know to me test track um it, you know all, yes okay it's it's based around testing your cars or whatever but to be honest if they had called it the fast and furious ride and they were like we're just testing out dominic toretto's uh car to make sure it's it's fine-tuned or whatever and it can withstand these things mm-hmm. you believe it do you know what i mean like yeah. it's the lamest theme in the world that that ride is bloody good, and what we've got with this, what they put in Orlando for for the Fast and Furious, is another weird simulator type thing, which was part, as you said, is was part of the transor. 
where it didn't matter in a lot of ways how good or bad it was because you were doing it as part of the tour. When you make it a standalone ride, you've got to make it better than that. And I think Kong, they succeeded. Yeah. You know, they expanded it enough and it was different enough to what had gone before. So taking the idea and they're just giving it a bit more polish. With this, it's almost like a like for like. The only thing they've changed is that they've added pre-shows. Exactly. I mean, when they added it to Hollywood's tram tour, um, literally within a few days, everyone was kind of like, "Is that it? It's embarrassing. It, it's it's terrible," and it had such a bad name. So then, skip forward a couple of years, and then they announced, "Oh, in you know, in a eighteen months, two years time, Fast and Furious is going to come to Orlando, Florida." Everybody was like, "Don't bring that here. Don't bring that here." You know, they had plenty of time to try and do something different. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like I, I never, ever, ever for one second expected that it was going to be the same. I did think, like like you were saying, Nick, that they'd add more of a story and you would actually be doing things that were fast. Or furious. You might need to wear a seatbelt or a lap bar. <laughs> but if I'm getting into a party bus that doesn't have a lap bar, that's telling me that we ain't doing anything fast or furious. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. You're just getting furious after the ride. <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of people, like, when, when we were on loads, and we're just kind of all, like, looking around, it's just like, is, is that actually it? Like, is it this seriously? The thing Done. is, though, unlike when Fallon opened up last year, when Fallon opened up, while she did get people that kind of, like, was like, oh, well, it wasn't as good as, you know, it wasn't that great and everything like that. But then the expectation for Fallon was quite small. Quite small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, in, in a lot of ways. In a lot. But with oh. this, there was a lot of expectation. Like the Fast and Furious is a billion-dollar film franchise, and like I said, it's one of the rare hits that Universal has at the moment in terms of a film series. So you don't want something that's just okay. You had people last year going on Fallon and saying it was naff, but equally you had people, and I don't just mean Craig because we all know how Craig reviews things but you do get people that actually like that ride and uh-huh. will go on it. Now at the moment, even people that like the Fast and the Furious films I do not see any of those people turning around and saying that's something I would go on every time I go to Universal and that's no. quite worrying I think uh-huh. and that's we need that universal because on busy days the wisdom world is packed you cut like diagonally is just so bottlenecked from everybody standing and watching that dragon hmm. and then you know not that i want to ride minion mayhem every time i'm there but if minion mayhem say 75 minutes hmm. you know and shrek saying 30 minutes 45 minutes you know that we need something that's going to eat up a crowd but that people are going to enjoy and I just feel like my beautiful Beetlejuice and Earthquake <laughs> had to die to make all this space of Fast and Furious and there's no racing yeah and you know what as well the other thing on that is that what they've done is they've taken they've removed two rides to make this huge building and let's be honest, how big did the building need to be for that ride to fit in? 
it's it's essentially a glorified simulator. Yeah, so I mean, I think that there's got. two. I think there's like two two screens for each scene because two party buses leave at the same time. Mm. But even so, I would rather wait because the majority of it is the queue. Like that, the queue area is absolutely gigantic. And I would rather sneak around a little bit more and have less things to look at in the queue, but have a, a better ride. I wonder, and, and Chris, I don't know if this is something that you might have some insight to or not, right? Mm-hmm. But they took out Beetlejuice and they took out Earthquake and they got this huge bit of land. What we've ended up with is these huge pre-show areas and this attraction at the end of it. Which doesn't really make much sense. Do you like? Do you know or do you think like originally when they said we're going to build a Fast and Furious attraction and we're going to get rid of these two things, do you think they took that much land out because they thought they were going to build this big new attraction and in the end because of their budget or whatever they've ended up making what we've now got I don't know it's a very difficult one to ask I mean they also lost a load of offices and um, crew space as well behind there and storage that that, that they had um, going back a long time but it's interesting because you're losing two attractions uh, like you say essentially to get this one big one I mean the building that houses the portion of the tram ride for Fast and the Furious in Hollywood, it isn't that big. It's just very long and thin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just enough to fit the tram in. It's like a long garage, really. Mm. Uh, so I, I don't know. All I can say is like what you were saying, Amanda, is capacity. So they've got two of these things going off every, you know, 10, 15 minutes, whatever it is. Um, so I don't know. It, it's just, it ju- I, I just go back to the point that since Transformers, there's just been this, rush to keep throwing stuff in the park constantly um and screen seems to be the easiest and quickest way of doing things i wouldn't say it's the cheapest way of doing things but it's definitely the quickest way of doing things but see the thing is a few years ago like when and it probably you're you're probably right i think transformers was probably the catalyst for it but from that kind of period on which is roughly when i started really like doing podcasting I suppose that kind of time frame you know Universal went for a a spat where every year it had something new or it announced something new and Disney was sat there going oh uh, we bought the the rights to Avatar um, (laughs) so we're going to do something with that and you know we used to take the piss about that on Disaster Dark when they announced that about the fact that they've literally gone Right, this film's made money. Let's nick it because we don't want to see Harry, you know, the next Harry Potter go. And then it took them, you know, six years or whatever to actually open Pandora. Now, you know, in that time, Universal's opened probably about five attractions, maybe six. I'm, I'm not even, I'm not looking at a list of, of like current things or whatever. But they seem to open up an attraction every year or so. But, That's what they're aiming for. Yeah, but the thing is, they've opened up. Six attractions which I haven't set the world on fire. Mm-hmm. Would it have been better for them to follow it? Because 
you know, I know the Navi boat ride or whatever, you know, it's a Navi world after or whatever it's called. I know people don't really like that, but everyone raves about Flights of Passage. Universal in that time have opened, you know, let's say it was six attractions, right? None of those rides they've opened gets the hype that that one attraction gets over at Disney. They spent a long time getting it right, but they knocked it out when they opened it. So is it a case of that Universal really needs to take stock now and go, you know what? Yeah, we're building all these things, but it's not. It's going to backfire because if you keep getting let down, you're not going to go back to the well, are you? No. I mean, it does sound like they're going for quantity and Disney's going for quality. Yeah. It just it just makes me sad because you know the the thing that I loved the most about Universal is that I could feel like I was immersed in films. So like with Jaws, with Back to the Future, with Confrontation, and you know I also love a good dark ride because I love ET, and I feel like that's as much as people shit on ET whenever I bring it up. ET has got all the animatronics in there. It's got cool sets in there. That's all I want. It doesn't have to be anything crazy fancy. I was going to pull you up on that, actually, because you said, you know, I do like a good dark ride because I like E.T. And I was like, well, that's almost an oxymoron. But you are right. You are correct. And the thing is, right, obviously last year, uh, me and Craig did Halloween Horror Nights, and that was the first time I'd been to uh, an American theme park in seven years. And I'll be honest, like, Universal completely stole my heart. Before, you know, because I've done Disney, I've done Universal, you know, I've obviously been a bit more focused on Disney. I've had my time there, and I, I loved what I did with Potter, but, you know, Disney was still my, you know, my main thing. This year, because, oh, sorry, last year, because I'd only gone to Universal, that was my complete focus. And it really gave me time to really kind of get into it. And also because of doing this podcast and listening to your enthusiasm, and reading Chris's books, you know, that gave me a different appreciation for it leading up to going there. But when I went to Universal, I, I came away from there thinking, what an amazing place it is. Two really good world-class theme parks, lots of good attractions and some duff ones. Um, but, you know, it, it's a beautiful place and it's got wonderful rides. But if they don't start thinking about the quality of what they're putting in there, it's going to backfire. It really is that people are going to stop coming out and it'll be Halloween Horror Nights and Potter that are popular and that's it. Yeah. And you know, a, a lot of people do complain about the screens and like I said when I when I started my rant about this, I I'm never one to complain about the screens because I do love things like Spider-Man and Transformers and Gringotts and Forbidden Journey. But I think it just needs, if you're going to use the screens, the screens need to be a cool addition to what you've already got. So with Forbidden Journey, you've got such interesting things in that ride. So you've got the Wampum Willow and you've got the Dementors and you're on a, a crazy flying bench so there's all kinds of cool elements and the screens are just adding to the story whereas in fast and furious the screens are the story 
as you said, even with Kong, you know, you've got the beginning and the end segments, which are sets. So even that breaks it up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I just think it's I just think it's a missed opportunity. The only other question I've got about this attraction, Amanda, did it have a water effect? Um, it. If I remember correctly, it did. <laughs> of course it did. Yeah, it did in Hollywood as well. I believe that I came off the ride and said, why, why did I just like randomly get squirted or something and I don't even know what happened? There, you but know, there was, was a Vin Diesel sweat. <laughs> probably, but I mean, considering he was the same size as the helicopter, then it would have been a lot of sweat. But there was just an awful, awful lot of fog. Like, I've never seen so much fog in a ride before. It seemed like every 30 seconds, there was a huge gust of fog. You know I what? don't really know why. It's going to get to a stage, right, where a universal attraction, it will just be, it'll be something complete. that will have nothing to do with water at all. And right at the end of an attraction, um, just like before like, the screen bit finishes... A universal employee will just come with a super cycle and just squirt you in the face. Right, no word of a lie. When I went to um, Universal Hollywood and did the, the VIP tour there, which is, you know, a must do if you go to Hollywood, um, the guy that I had was an older guy. He's called Larry. He was a really good guy. And he was one of these guys that's been there for years. Possibly the Hollywood dream didn't work out, mm. you know. And he was a bit, not negative, but he was a bit more like a. A jungle cruise skipper than you know everything was very blase to him you know and, and he said to us he said oh by the way just so you know you may want to buy a mac so i said why he said well every darn attraction in hollywood you get wet on he said even <laughs> even on the tram tour you will get wet <laughs> literally literally <laughs> If it's not the shark jumping out, it's a dinosaur spitting water at you. He said everywhere you get wet at this at this theme park. So. They they do seem to have a hard on for it. That was the that was my big negative last year is that every attraction seems to have a, a scene when you get squirted water. And the, the, the funny thing is, like the first couple of um, rides I went on, um, I was like, um, yeah, okay, that 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 kind of works or whatever. And when you get to like the fifth or sixth ride, you're like, hang on a second, has every ride I've been on today ended up with me getting squirted with water? <laughs> you know, like, I feel like this with started it. with Shrek. Honestly. Mm. Like, Shrek mm. is the, other than like the obvious ones like Jaws, Shrek is the first one that I remember where it squared water at you. Yeah. Yeah, but, got... but that was like, you know, because it's a 4D thing and it was mm. the first mm. thing as well where I was watching a screen but the chairs were moving. And so then, back then, and it's the only time that I'm ever going to say this in my entire life, but Shrek 4D in the beginning was a pretty cool thing. Yeah, of course but it was. now it's not. But I feel like they've just taken that from Shrek and they've been like, oh, people thought that was cool. And then that's now in everything. It's the, thing it's is, the thing is, with with the whole like water thing, and you're probably right about it being Shrek, but with with things like Shrek, oh sorry, with things like Jaws, where you you probably had that element of it before, it was a bit random. So it would be because of where you sat on the ride that you might get wet. 
that you know it wasn't because of like them literally sweating something in your face but you know with Shrek it makes sense as you say it's a 4D attraction um, and maybe that's all it is it's to turn around and say that's not a 3D ride that's 4D because we squirt you with water maybe but then things like Jimmy Fallon like I don't know whether this effect worked when you when you went on it Nick but it, it I didn't get this effect when I was there this this last time where they pump through the smell of pizza yes it did okay so this time when we were there it we didn't get the pizza smell and I was like okay this now this whole bit of it just seems like it's really weirdly extended and awkward because he's just kind of like there's just pizza there but like for no reason so now that I'm thinking about the water effects and things I'm thinking maybe like in Kong where the you know the dinosaurs like snapping at you and it starts squirting water at you then if it didn't squirt water would it just seem weird that it wasn't the, the Jimmy Fallon one is quite funny, actually, you say that, because, yeah, it's a bit like, hey, look, this is pizza. Have you seen pizza? Pizza smells like this. Have you smelled pizza before? This is pizza. It does seem like a really, <laughs> like, over-elaborate, you know, segment about pizza. So Yeah, but the, the scent of the pizza, you're like, oh, that's cool. But if that's not there, then you really, really feel how long it is. I was paying attention to it because I, I heard about the fact they pump in this smell of pizza. So, when we went on it, I was, you know, that bit in particular, I made sure I took a real kind of, when when it was coming up, to make sure I kind of got it. And I said to Craig after, I was like, oh, that, that's quite cool that, you know, they do pump in a smell of pizza. And he was like, oh, I didn't notice it. Now, either it didn't work for him, but he was sat next to me, so how could I do it and he and, and he not? Or it's just such a, uh, an, an underpowering effect that, you know, you have to really be paying attention for it to work, which also defeats the object. Um, but with the water stuff, I, I, I don't... I don't... I don't think it would affect the Kong ride, if I'm honest. I don't think it would be any better or worse without it, or it would seem odd. Mm. Because unless... the Because di- I don't think the dinosaur spits at you. I think it's just because it's got its mouth open, obviously it's got the... Uh-huh you know, saliva and stuff like that, that it makes sense. Um, but if somebody, you know, if, if for example, um, a dinosaur was holding a hose and turned the hose on you and squirted you with water, because I know it's something that dinosaurs often do, um, and you didn't get wet, that would seem odd. Yeah. Um, so I think it depends on, on how it's executed. Like in Spider-Man, um, when they have the water effect in Spider-Man, when you've got, I can't remember what the character is that that um, uh, it, it like gives that effect, but kind of like you mm-hmm. know launches at you with a, a fist that's that's made of water. Well, that makes sense. Uh-huh. They don't always make like the one in Transformers doesn't make sense to me. No. Um, I got a question. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're not obviously not doing a trip report here, but I wondered, did you get a chance to poke around and see if anything was happening at Terminator? Um, nothing seemed to be happening. So I went in and out of the gift shop a few times. That's, you know, the one that's in between the exit of Horror Makeup Show and where you'd come out of Terminator. And mm. there was nothing, 
like no areas were cordoned off anywhere. Like the whole entire shop was open. There was never anything going on outside. There's no walls up around anywhere. Nobody seems to be going like in and out of anywhere. It just is, seems to be really quiet. Is the shop still sort of like loosely themed a Terminator? No. Hmm. No. There's it's it's a weird mash up shop of like just so much random stuff in there. Like they have collectibles in there, but like random collectibles. They have some classic monster stuff. They have loads of superhero things. Strangely. And Walking like, Dead. Loads. They had a lot of Walking Dead in there last yeah. time. Walking Dead, they had Breakfast Club things. It, it was just a, a very strange mashup shot, honestly. And I like Weird. I kind of thought that maybe what they'd do with Terminator being closed now and that being the exit way of horror makeup show is they might maybe close down the vault shop where they have all of the the classic monster stuff and the film stuff and maybe put all of that into that shop and kind of tie in with the horror makeup show, but they didn't. Where was the? I didn't see the vault shop when I was there. So that it's it's right near Starbucks. It's like at the back of Starbucks. Okay. So that that's got some really cool stuff in. It's got some like collectibles in, like Back to the Future collectibles. What, the, Star in Wars, there. the Star Wars by Sam Fran. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh huh. It's like annoying. just behind there. So where the um, fire hydrant is. On the on the Finnegan's Roads is where it is. Mm. Um, but they have really really cool stuff in there, and they've just brought out a whole set of pins that are classic monster pins. So they have like Creature from the Black Lagoon, and Dracula, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein. So obviously, I had to get all of them. Well, it'd be rude not to, surely. Exactly. But let's move on to a couple of questions. I don't want to get too much into my trip because yeah. I do want to start when Luke's on. But we've had a few questions from some of our beautiful listeners. So the first one, and I don't know whether you guys managed to, well, Nick, I don't know whether you tried this on your last trip, and I don't know whether you've tried it in general, Chris, but Simon and Julie have asked, mm-hmm. is Duff Light as good or better than Dufftoberfest, and how many marks out of 10 would we give to either of them? Have you tried either? I never drink when I'm in Universal because I'm always there rushing around taking notes and doing stuff. Oh, really? <laughs> I know, it's boring, I know. Um, such a letdown. I can't remember if I had a Bud Light, you know. And I definitely had Dufftoberfest. Um, which okay, I, so I thought what... was really good. I, I, I thought it was a nice beer, actually. So I absolutely adore Dufftoberfest, like, but that surprises me because usually, if I taste a beer where I think it's like has a little bit of spiciness in it, I'm like, no. Like as much as I love pumpkin everything, well, any pumpkiny type beers I've tried, I've been like, no. And so any beer with any kind of spice to it, I'm like, no, I'm not really feeling that. Dufftoberfest isn't overly spiced, mm. but it's it's just it's a, a nice light beer, and it's nice because it's limited. 
for a limited time so it's nice that you can only have that in autumn so that's why I super love it. If that was available all year round, I would have most likely picked off white over it. But considering it's a limited time beer, I always opt for that when I'm there in September. I do prefer Duff Light over Duff Regular. And marks out a ten, I would give Duff Light a eight and a Duff Tower Fest. Probably an eight as well, actually. I wonder, like, because I'm assuming that a brewery actually makes that for Universal. It is the Florida Brewing Company. So I wonder if they actually sell it under a different name. Well, I don't know, because I was on the website a few weeks ago, just having a look at what else they did, see if I could maybe get anything else, like, around the park or, like, anywhere else that I was going to be going to. And I was, like, looking at the descriptions of things, but they don't list stuff on their website so it's harder to find the information about stuff stuff light and stuff toberfest to compare to anything else but maybe they do well, i'd imagine so because if they're going to be pumping out so much of it yeah it, it would be odd that they didn't because um i mean it's, it's definitely not the same thing but um, when you go to Disneyland Paris, and I, I've never noticed it at the Disney hotels in, in America, but I'm sure it's probably the same. But the Disneyland Paris hotels, some of them really have a distinctive smell, like where they pump it all all the way through the hotels. Um, and it's a, like for them, it's a cam- company called uh, Lamp Burger um, that produces a scent. They obviously sell those scents commercially, but they don't. You know, they, they've got different names. But they are the actual scents that they pump through the hotels. They just do not make any reference on the product itself that this is used, uh, you know, the Disneyland Hotel, for example. But it is the exact same stuff. stuff. I just wish they'd do that for E.T. Like... New voice smell. I saw a... I think it was in the annual pass holder group, actually. Like, you know that I'm always searching for an ET-scented candle, and I always buy loads of random scents to try and mix them to make it. But somebody had posted, and I'm pretty sure it was in there, that there's this candle at Bath & Body Works called... I think it's called Woodland. And they were like, it smells exactly like ET. So we don't have a Bath & Body Works here, so I had to try and track it down online and have it shipped to me. Which was rather expensive. Received it. Doesn't smell a thing like E.T. Yeah. Uh, the exact same thing happens on Disneyland Paris groups. Where somebody will go, um, Oh, this Yankee candle smells just like... It, it is that smell. It is that hotel smell. And I bought it. was like, it smells nothing like it at all. No. Absolutely nothing like it. Um, and, you know, with a lot of these things, like somebody will make that smell. That smell of ET yeah. will be a smell pumped in in the same way, same way that like Lampberger um, has it for Disneyland Paris. So it's going to be a company like that that does it. Um, and like you say, they're not going to announce it. They're not going to say this is what it is. Um, and it, but it ain't going to be a candle. Think mm-hmm. about it. It's not. It's not a candle. You know, ET is not full of candles. And someone's there with a fan, like wafting it through a grate. Do you know what I mean? You know, it's going to be a perfume. It's I would be... take that job. 
But do you know what I mean? It's going to be a proper scent. It's going to be a professional scent that's used for those kind of things. That goes. It's into the car air freshener. Come on. <laughs> Just a load of um, those those uh, trees. It literally Carbon is. Trees. <laughs> yes, but it literally is. <laughs> if it was car air fresheners, Chris, I'd have the car air fresheners all around my house, and I'd have them attached to me twenty four seven because I freaking love it. But on the subject of ET, Jed Penner wants to know how many times that I rode ET on my trip, and I couldn't possibly tell you because it was a lot of times, an awful lot of times. Probably, I want to say like maybe three or four times every day that I was there. I want to say. I was gonna say you said three or four times. I was like what? Oh no, not in general. Like three or four times, probably every time that I was at Universal. Right. Maybe on, on, you know, days where I was doing other things, maybe twice, but a lot of times. And I loved every single time, especially when, towards the end of my trip, Botanicus returned. Which is a big deal, because he's been gone for a long time. He has been gone since, I want to say that he wasn't there of in September of 2016. I want to say that he wasn't. So that's E.T.'s teacher. And he comes out in the queue with fog effects and cool lights. And he tells you what what you're going to be doing, basically. And he talks you through the Green Planet situation. And so I want to say that he wasn't there in 2016, September. And then they did the whole revamp of E.T. where it went under construction it he wasn't there in May and then they said that he was going to be returning after that rehab but he didn't so then this last September gone he still wasn't there this week this April for my whole week there he wasn't and then on the last day he was there in darkness so he was talking he was giving a spiel but there was no lights and there was no fog. So it was very hard to try and capture on camera. I did get it, but I'm going to have to do some work to lighten it up. But the main thing is, he's back. That's all that matters. And I love Botanicus. And also, on the subject of E.T., our friend Phil asked us a question, which is to all of us. If you had to decorate a room, which I'm, I'm assuming is a room in your house, and have it themed exactly like an area of any of the parks what would you pick and what room would it go in but you can't pick ETQ because I know that would be Amanda's first choice <laughs> and he was right because that was going to be my first choice so any room I imagine in your house you can decorate it like any area of any park what would you pick it's a tough one I would theme my office to Amity because I'm still mourning the loss of the Jaws ride. Oh. Mm. R.I.P. Amity. Hey, on the subject of Amity, though, I'm just going to do a quick a quick tangent here. You know the statue of the um, fisherman that used to be in Amity, the green mm-hmm. statue? Mm-hmm. So they'd moved that, and I kept seeing it randomly whenever I was walking through maybe like Central Park. I'd see it across the way, kind of underneath... Lombard's restaurant um, but I could never get to it and I'd always forget about it and I finally got to it 
by going on to the dock that nobody ever goes on, which is like it kind of surrounds Lombards, but it's down a level. And it made me just so sad. Because I I super super miss Amity like that whole area. Even when I see the the bathrooms that are near Fear Factor and the painted brown now to kind of fit in with Harry Potter, and I just I look at them and it's reminds me of all of the decor of Amity and it makes me feel really sad. So I don't think I could have an office decorated like Amity because it'd break my heart. <laughs> but Nick, what would you have? It's really, he's a really tough question. Um, I'd almost, just just because of the theming of it, I, I'd almost want to say something around like one of the Harry Potter areas. But I just can't think of where it, what kind of room I'd have done with it. So, um, I would like my back room to be done up like the Daily Bugle in the uh, Amazing Spider-Man ride. That's pretty cool. What, loads of MDF filing cabinets? Yeah. And yeah. all all grey. Yeah. <laughs> but with well, a picture of like, mine... Jonah Jameson hanging off of the wall or something. Oh, well, obviously. Yeah. Obviously. But I think my one's going to trump everybody because I've thought a little bit outside of the box here. So I would have any room in my house. I, I don't care what room. I'd have my whole house decorated like this. Themed like Monster Cafe. Nice. Yes. Genius. So I'd Genius. have all of the props everywhere. I'd have the Dracula staircase being my staircase. I'd have all of the paintings on the wall. The director's chairs that are themed to each monster. I'd have them all hanging from the ceiling in the same way that they do at Monster Cafe. I'd have the Frankenstein light. I would have every single thing that's in Monster's Cafe, including the pizza, in my house. I've changed my mind. I, oh, oh will, have yeah, because now yeah. you think that I'm going to win. No, no, oh no, not that. But just like, I, I thought I was saying it makes even more sense. So I would uh, leave my back room as it was, take out the Daily Bugle stuff, and I would have my front room resemble the outside of the NBC sports bar and grill so I just had like a mahoosive telly my, my whole wall would just be TV that is a very good idea Chris any swapsies with yours or are you sticking to Amity no sticking to Amity oh sorry I was on mute <laughs> yeah no 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 I'm sticking with Amity yeah it's a good choice Good choice, strong. But to be fair, Monsters Rest Cafe. I mean, never has a eatery had such a nice eating venue, but such poor food. Ah <laughs> uh, no, right. I love Monster Cafe pizza. Like that's my favourite in park. Well, not in both parks, but in Universal. That's my favourite place to eat because they do cheese fries, cheesy chips. If you if you're from the UK. They do delicious, gigantic cheese pizza. And it's the place that I know that I can go to. And it's not going to be all burgers and all meat. Is it just cheesy chips? Well, that's what I get. But you can get chili. <laughs> you can get chili cheese chips. You can get pepperoni pizza. You can get a half rotisserie chicken. Okay. They do, do delightful they... potatoes. 
potatoes. What kind of potatoes? They're like the red, the red skin. I don't know what they're called. The red skin potatoes, and they've got herbs all over them. No, they're delicious. No, no, no. Yeah. Why? Why do they not sell Monster Mash? I know. This, <laughs> like we, we know that they're, they're missing a trick with the food names and the foods that they do. But still, I super appreciate every single thing about Monster Cafe. So that's my favourite place. And if that ever goes, then there's going to be serious conversations because that's my favourite thing about Universal. Whoa, more than E.T.? Um, combined. Combined together. So you could Spielberg it in that one could go, but the other one has to stay. Okay, then Monster Cafe would have to go and E.T. would have to stay. But you can't eat in E.T. Well, I mean, I do because I take choros on. So, <laughs> like, my usual E.T. ritual, my first bite of E.T. is that I go and get a Coke Icy and a choro and then I have that while I'm in line. So they should do I'll them hog roasts them. that look like E.T. that Craig was supposed to do. No, <laughs> honestly, that made me so upset. You know when Amanda... I think it was Jed that posted it, actually, maybe, or it might have it might have been Simon. I don't remember. Yeah, let's I not muddy Craig's that. name for once. It wasn't it me. For once. <laughs> and I was so upset, and I was like, I feel like I just need to watch E.T. now and cheer myself up. And then I watched E.T., and then I got more upset about the bit where E.T.'s sick, and I was like, oh, my God, no. What, what, the funny thing, though, Chris, I'm glad you mentioned it, was because, you know, earlier on, when Amanda was like, oh, the smell of the smell of E.T. And I was like, yeah. what, on that spit roast? <laughs> oh, it made me the emotional. The thing okay. is, though, was it, was it actually like E.T. or was it just something that looked... Do you know what I, I mean? I don't like, know what the hell it was. That looked like it rather than it actually was. But either way, I know what upset you. It was... I have no idea what it was. <laughs> So, Jed wants to know, why no meetup? So, the reason that I didn't do any meetups was because, one, I was just there for quite a short time, and two, I'm really shy. So, if, like, if the whole group was there together, I'd be like, yeah, let's do a meetup, but when it's just me by myself, I'm just really small and really shy. Well, Craig is obviously going to Halloween Horror Nights next year. He's announced that. Uh-huh. Um, there is a small possibility that I will also be going to Halloween Horror Nights next year. Um, and if if that happens, then we will organise something. Because this year we obviously didn't do that because like, we just didn't even think about doing it. But obviously bumping into people was quite cool. So we probably would try and do something if if that happens. Um, and even if I if I don't go, I'm sure Craig will do. But um, yeah, we might we might try and do something for Halloween Horror Nights 2019. Yeah, and that's the time, the same time that I usually go anyway. So like we're already kind of in talks of maybe doing a potential RIP tour, and like we'll definitely want to meet up with everyone. And like I'll be less shy if I'm in a group. But that's not to say that if you ever see me around. Like definitely, like come come and say hi to me and like have a conversation with me and come around ET with me because that's cool. But out the thought of arranging something to meet people makes me feel much too shy. So I'd be like, oh please no, don't look at me. I'm too shy. Um, 
so that's the reason why but still if you see me or any of us ever in the parks totally feel free to come over and say hi and hang out and have a beer um apart from me just piss off yeah well, none <laughs> no of you would ever you. recognize Chris anyway. So <laughs> Chris lives in an invisibility cloak, and I'm yeah. the only person on the whole entire earth that's ever seen Chris. No one else has ever seen him. So <laughs> I, do, I, I, I am tempted to go to Blue Water one Saturday and just wait around there to see if I can see him. They seek him here. They seek him there. They seek him everywhere. <laughs> You'd never know whether it was Chris or not because he could just really Photoshop his pictures. That might not even be Chris. He might be catfishing everybody. Too shy. Too shy. Only yeah, I know what Chris Ripley really looks like. <laughs> and I'll never tell. <laughs> okay, so Jed also wants to know whether I went to the mouse house in any of the days, and I did. I went for my birthday, and I will talk about that on a Diz After Dark episode in great detail because I had a super fun day. Um... Let's see what else. Favorite place you ate? Okay, so we spoke on an episode just before I left about Mythos. Hmm. And our friend again, Phil, had sent us a picture of the Mythos bathroom. So Luke really wanted to check those bathrooms out because they're like a, an optical illusion. It's just all very small black and white tiles that cover floor, ceiling, and walls. So it kind of feels like you're in a Halloween Horror Nights house when you go into those bathrooms. But we also had a meal there instead of just checking out the bathrooms. And honestly, Mythos is the best theme park restaurant in the world, I believe. It's not just standard theme park food. It's very, very nice. Um, And what was the price like? It's the, honestly the same price as buying slices of pizza. So I ordered a pad thai, and I think that was $14. Mm. Now, a burger would cost you maybe 14 to $16. Mm. I like a pad thai as well. It was delicious, and it's a very, very big portion. They have Mythos burgers, which are, again, about the same price as a burger that you'd get in maybe the one of the Jurassic Park restaurants or any of the restaurants on property and it's it's far superior so I always recommend that anybody tries Mythos at least one time you won't be disappointed yes it's a little bit if you if you've if you're on a time limit and you don't really have time to go into a sit-down restaurant totally understand that but you're probably going to sit in Jurassic Park Discovery Center for half an hour to 45 minutes with your burger anyway. So I would definitely recommend Mythos. That was my favorite place I ate this time, and it's my favorite theme park restaurant. Um, Did you meet any characters? If yes, who? And did you take pictures with them? Um... Honestly, if I'm if I'm just like if it's just me and Ash or just me and James, I don't tend to go and meet an awful lot of characters unless there's no line because I'd rather wait in line to to go on a ride or I'd rather go and watch some like horror makeup show. But I did take some pictures with Hello Kitty because I love Hello Kitty everything. <laughs> Hello Kitty is one of my favourite things in the whole world. Um so 
I'd never had a picture taken with Hello Kitty before, but she didn't have a line and she really wanted to look at my tattoos. So I got a picture taken with her. And I got a picture taken with my husband, Beetlejuice. Because I love him. But I, I, do you guys meet characters when you're there? Um, Me personally, I don't think, other than like your Beetlejuice or like maybe your Blues Brothers or, or characters like that, I don't really like a lot of the characters there. Like, unless it's um, like a movie. Tell me that like, you don't like Dora the Explorer. Well, I'd never seen Dora the Explorer there. So that's that's something. Um, I I would I would go and have a meet and greet with like Dot Brown or Beetlejuice or someone like that. But um, all the all the Velociraptors. But I can't think. I think there's a lot of characters in that park which I wouldn't have any interest in taking pictures with, like the Scooby Gang. Um, I probably would have had a, had a, a picture taken with like one of the trolls, except that would have probably broken my daughter's heart. So. Um, what about Marilyn Monroe? No, not overly. I think because it's not a character, it's a person. Well, you know, Chris, you'll remember this. In the 90s, and I want to say early 2000s, they used to have a Charlie Chaplin mm. character randomly walking around. And I always thought that was a, like kind of makes sense but still kind of a little bit weird but I've got loads of pictures with him for some reason from when I was little and then they used to have Lucy used to walk around a lot more than what she does now Mm. used to be able to meet Frankenstein walking around and I wish that they'd bring stuff like that back like if they'd have the monsters outside of Monster Cafe or even outside of the horror makeup show that would be awesome and I'd want to meet them every single time I think there's a lot of missed opportunity, if I'm honest, because, you know, when they used to have Jaws, why they not had someone that was dressed as Quint? Yeah. Or or Brody or something. Or Men in Black. Why they not have anyone... Men in Black's the easiest, right? You because know, there's so many agents. I'm going to let you finish with Men in Black, because I Thanks, did see Men in Black characters this time. Wow. And sometimes they bring the pug out. Oh... Yeah, I've never seen them in real life with the pug, but I I did see them in September walking around outside the Men in Black shop, but I, d- I didn't get close enough to them. And then whilst I was waiting for Luke, Steve and James to do Fear Factor, which is something I'll talk about in depth when Luke's here, mm-hmm. um, I had to kind of wait at the side alone and two men and black agents were walking out to do a meet and greet that that would be cool uh simpsons i would as well because i'm you know a big fan of the simpsons but um yeah i think a lot of the attractions don't um have somebody that you can meet and i think that's a bit you awesome. know who like a random one that was in islands of adventure this year and it was it was just after port of entry like they have a kind of hook type of thing behind the the queue board, and the lion from Madagascar was there. Oh, okay. Which I thought was pretty random. Yeah, especially because there's nothing Madagascar to do at the parks. Yeah. 
it, like you know, in the American universals, there's, there's no Madagascar thing at the moment. No, they do have the penguins. The penguins randomly as well have a meet and greet at Cafe La Bamba. And they have um, Kung Fu Panda, don't they, in Hollywood and sometimes Orlando as well. Yeah, they do. Um, I I haven't seen him again in real life, but I think he usually does his meet and greet where the Madagascar lion was this time. I have. I mean, the thing is, like on previous trips, I have done um, some of the Marvel characters and Zeus characters. I'd always do like the Grinch or Cat in the Hat because I love those or the, or the things. Um, but the Marvel ones just look so goofy. Oh, uh, well, you just reminded me actually that I did have a picture taken with Doctor Doom, but I usually will get a picture taken with Spider-Man because I like Spider-Man, but I do always wish that I was bad to Tobey Maguire Spider with the eyeliner because um, you know he is my favourite kind of Spider-Man. Um, and, you know, I like Captain America and I think Captain America looks cute. And I also like Storm. I think Storm looks really cool. My problem is, and I've mentioned this, the problem when you do like 12 different podcasts is you forget which one you talked about it on, but um, my my problem with the Marvel superheroes or Marvel Superhero Island is just that the costumes look so goofy in real life. Like, I loved the X-Men cartoons when I was a kid and the costumes that they have on Marvel Superhero Island are the animated costumes, which are very <laughs> similar to comic book costumes, really. Um, but in real life, they just look a bit off. They look too larger than life, and they, so they come off looking just a bit goofy to me. Um, but I mean, I still have my pictures taken with them once, but I wouldn't do it again. I think that's that's what I'm kind of getting at. Is that not that I wouldn't ever have my pictures taken with them? But unlike Disney World, where every time I went, I'd have my pictures taken with Mickey and Goofy, and you know, the only thing different between the pictures is possibly a costume that they're wearing or you know the outfit and haircut that i've got um but you go back for more but the universal ones don't seem to have that for me at least that repeatability mm, i agree i feel like you maybe have to be like a, a really big fan of, of a, a particular character like beetlejuice like i'll always want to get a pitch taken mm. with beetlejuice when i see him but if he's got a long line i won't because I'd, I'd rather just go and wait in line for a ride or go and get a beer it depends what the banter's like as well because the interaction with like characters like Beetlejuice or Dot Brown is normally above and beyond what you would get with you know a Woody Woodpecker or a Minion mm-hmm. so they make it more interesting and more it's a bit like um, sorry to mention another Disney one but you know, my favourite meet and greet of a Disney character is Jack Skellington, or Jack Skellington, because um, when I've met him, like it's that interaction with with a lot of characters because they're masked characters, you don't get them; speak, they can't speak to you, so it's all gestures, and they can be quite fun at times. Like Stitch would always kind of ruffle your hair or something, or just try and be a bit cheeky. But if you've got someone who can actually talk and really interact with you. It's why Optimus Prime and Megatron are so much fun as well. Exactly. And you know, that. in if you stay at Cabana Bay, they sometimes have characters in the lobby. And when I was oh. checking in, 
Lucille Ball was there, and it was Chance. So it was Erin playing um, Lucy, and her interaction with the guests that were checking in was awesome. That's cool. And I think that's something that's just really cool that Cabana Bay do. Like, you don't expect to be checking into your hotel and having a character walking around. But I think they sometimes have minions in there. I'm sure that I've seen the Simpsons in there, maybe, as well. Okay. But I thought that's just, like, a, a fun thing to have in your hotel. Yeah. But I think what we'll do, because we're we're getting to, into a pretty long podcast now, is a lot of these questions are questions for Luke and questions around my trip. So I think we'll save some of these for the episode that I'll do my trip report on. Unless you guys have anything that you want to add before we go? No, not... um, No, I just released another Disaster Dark, as we generally do. So um, it's about DVC membership. So if you've ever... I I, I knew nothing about DVC, really. Um... So I found it really interesting. So if you've ever wondered about DVC, uh, we've got a guest on that's just bought into it and, and was able to kind of break it down for us. So uh, that's really interesting. Um, but no, I, I'm really just looking forward to your, your trip report. Cannot wait. Me too. I've got so much to share. I'm going to do a Universal episode. I'm going to do a Diz episode. And I'm also going to do a special SeaWorld episode. Because wow. I know that we don't, I know we don't really talk about SeaWorld on here very much, and SeaWorld is one of my favourite parks, and I had an absolutely incredible time, and so I've got so much that I want to talk about on that. So there's going to be three whole trip report episodes coming, and so that's where we'll answer the rest of the questions that we had in, and I just want to thank everybody so so much for listening. And coming back to the show for my return. And I just want to ask everyone listening a question. And I'm hoping that lots of people reply to me because I want to talk about it on a future episode. Is I want to know what your favourite go-to drink is at Universal. So it doesn't have to be in the parks. It could be in City Walk. It could be that you like getting a margarita from one of the stands in City Walk. It could be that you love getting a Mr. Teeny or a Flame of Mo or a, a triple from the Hogshead. It could be anything, but I want to know what your favourite go-to drink is at the parks. And you guys can save your answers for that special episode that I want to do. Well, Manu, in, in that case, um, how would they be able to let you know? You can let us know on Twitter. So you can let us know on the Diz After Dark page or the Universal After Dark page. I'll read either of them. You can tweet me at Boston White. You can let us know in our super secret Facebook group. I forgot what it's called now. Because it's so it. secret that we don't even know what <laughs> it's It's a very called. long name. <laughs> Or you can message us on Facebook. Or if you want to be super fancy, you can email us. But Nick, you'll have to tell us what the email address is because I forgot that too. Uh, the email address is disasterdark at gmail.com. And that's for they... all the podcasts. Yes. And then Nick will then send me that email <laughs> because I don't know what the password is. <laughs> oh, well, Manny, you've mi- you missed out actually because uh, while you've been away because um, 
due to unpopular demand, um, Nick's actually had to take a step away from from podcasting, uh, and uh, and Soapdish is now podcasting on his behalf. Oh, um, is this like Sasha Fierce? Is this your alter ego? <laughs> yeah, it's the usual thing. I, I agree to do something as a joke, and it just kind of like snowballs a bit in the same way that I dropped the K from my name as a joke, and it kind of stuck. So. Um, yeah, someone said you know, that, that actually, Nick's, too, Nick's, Nick's on too many podcasts. I was like, right, well, then Nick's going. I had a message from um, one of my friends, Ash, who listens to the podcast, and he messaged me saying, is Nick stepping away from the podcast? And I was like, honestly, I don't know. I've been away. It could have happened. I don't know. <laughs> I probably missed something. Um, Maybe he said it on an episode of the podcast I've just not listened to yet. He might have said it in the group chat. Honestly, I don't know, but I'll get back to you with an answer. And then I forgot to. So ask that <laughs> answer. I'm really sorry. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. There's not there's not much distinction. I think the only thing is, is that I think legally, I can probably get away with saying more stuff. Because, obviously, that's not a real person. But our views are pretty similar. So, I don't know. It's just something stupid that I said and then realised I can't back out of, so we'll, we'll see how long it lasts for. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. On that note, come listen to our next episode. Lots oh, of fun yeah. stuff coming. Bloody subscribe. That's what I was going to say because the fact that you're doing a trip report on here and on Dis After Dark and a SeaWorld one here as well it's going to be really hard for people to, to not hear all three and I think they'll want to listen to all three if they don't subscribe so it costs you nothing um, whatever, however you consume our podcasts um, although not on YouTube we don't put them on YouTube anymore um, so if you listen to them on YouTube and that's your only way you're not hearing this anyway it doesn't matter but however you consume podcasts um, just subscribe to um, our shows and when the episodes come out, um, you will see them and you'll be able to listen to them and you'll be able to hear all of Amanda's amazing uh, trip reports. Yes, and go and watch Luke's videos because they are on YouTube and they're very, very good. So make sure you watch them. Yes. And I'm in them. So I make a, a guest appearance sometimes. So go watch them, subscribe, listen to our upcoming podcasts and we will see you on the next one. Goodbye. Hello there, dear listener. Now, have you ever listened to a podcast and thought, oh, I'd really like to support those guys, but I just don't know how to do it? <laughs> well, then you're in luck. There are now two ways for you to be able to support us. The first is by going to our Spreadshirt page at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash After Dark Network. Here, you can pick up t-shirts for all of the podcasts that we do. The other way is by visiting us at patreon.com forward slash disafterdark. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash disafterdark. Any money raised by buying some merchandise or pledging your support on Patreon means that we can keep producing more content for the After Dark Network. On behalf of the other After Dark Podcast Network hosts, we thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it and thank you for your continued support.
part of the Arthur Dark Podcast Network.